Welcome to This Is My Elgin Hometown Songs and Stories. I'm Sherry Blazier. This uh, is webisode, episode, webisode four already. No worries, I still seem to have a few stories left. Today I thought I'd talk about teenaged boredom, the kind that every generation has, the kind that convinces restless adolescents that they are living in the worst, biggest drag of a town this side of Alpha Centauri. And 40 years later, has them longing for the good old days of those carefree, youthful freedoms and idealizing the old hometown. Well, this first part is a story from my cousin Bob. One day in the late 1950s, teenage Bob was downtown, bored out of his skull, and he saw some friends hanging around outside Spee's department store. And one had to be careful about loitering in downtown Elgin in those days because uh, store employees might come out and tell you to move it along, not be in people's way. Or you might even be told to scram by a cop or you could be arrested. It was a very bustling downtown then. Bob asked his friends what they were doing and one said, Well, in about three minutes, a guy's going to come out of that door and he's going to have a wallet in his hand and he's going to toss it in that trash can over there and then we're going to race over to see who gets it. Sure you are, Bob laughed and thought his friend was just making something up. But he stood there talking to them and sure enough, in right about three minutes, a man came out of space holding a wallet and he tossed it in the trash. Bob's friends dashed over and after a brief scramble, one of them triumphantly held the wallet high. Got it! Now how in the world, Bob asked, had they known that such a weird thing was going to happen? Well, with nothing better to do, they hung out here every Saturday until at some point they figured out that there was this guy who came on the city bus from the Elgin State Hospital on a permit. And every single Saturday, the guy went into Spice and he bought himself a brand new and not inexpensive wallet and he transferred all his stuff from it, all of his stuff into it from his week old wallet, and then chucked the week old one on his way back to the bus. Now, somebody getting an almost brand new leather wallet every weekend, that made it worth going downtown. That incident happened uh, right about the time I was born, 1959, uh, just about as late as anyone could have been born to have memories of the giant watch factory looming at the south end of Elgin's downtown district. Randall Road in those days was just that, a road flanked by cornfields. And it seemed to me that people were always dying in high-speed crashes out on Randall Road, which is probably because they were. And there was no place to shop there then. Uh, The commercial action was all downtown. Well, a little of it was at uh, Meadowdale in Carpentersville, but mostly downtown Elgin. And it was thriving then. Spees, Ackermans, Sears, Pennies, Barnetts, Singers, Danners, Three Sisters, Chuck Hines, Tony White Shoes, Crawfords and Becks for office supplies, uh, Belmore Ford and Leonard's and Fox Music. The infamous Don's Little Bit of Everything, Fragrant Schickler's Tobaccos, where my Grandpa Knutson bought his Lapalina cigars, Volman Grocery Store, 
um, Keeney's Sporting Goods, where my brother was occasionally and mumbling embarrassed to have his mother buying some mysterious to me sort of very personal athletic equipment for him. Uh, Fannie Mae Candies, New Mode Hosiery, which was not much bigger than a closet, Osco and Kresge's and Woolworth's with its classic lunch counter with uh, giant tanks of grape and orange soda bubbling on top, and the Little Star Sandwich Shop and the alternately twinkling white bulbs of the Tower Grill sign at night, movies of the Crocker and the Grove. Uh, my first was Mary Poppins at the Crocker. Petula Clark's song Downtown described it perfectly. It was a place of lively excitement for wide-eyed kids and, and for full-fledged adults with money in their pocket. But it, it seems like uh, if you were at that age when everything was just itching inside of you, you at least pretended you were starting to hate it and to tell yourself and maybe your parents that you'd just rather climb onto a catapult and be sent hurtling toward anywhere in this world that wasn't boring old Elgin, Illinois, where you could really have a successful life. Except uh, there was a brief moment when it seemed, and perhaps it was just to my very young eyes, that there was this teen generation that did appreciate downtown in their time. When I was very little, uh, in the early 1960s, I adored teenagers. My brother was on the verge of those years himself, not that I adored him, but that's another podcast series altogether. But I watched him and his friends, both male and female, and I decided that there could never be a more perfect group of humans than teenagers of the early to mid-1960s. My female teen role model was a neighborhood girl by the name of Donna Anderson, and even her name oozed wholesome American good girlness. She had strawberry hair flipped at the ends as if, and quite possibly, rolled on concentrated orange juice cans the night before. And she dressed impeccably in the style of the day, which was ironed blouses, knee-length skirts, saddle shoes. And she brought me a, a bunch of books once to keep Mr. Pine's Mixed Up Signs was my favorite, and I never forgot her for that kindness. A couple of years ago, when she appeared in the local obituaries, her married name was Donna Burnage, another little piece of me was chipped away, even though I hadn't knowingly seen her in all those years since, or maybe exactly because of that, she had remained that quintessential 60s teenager in my mind. Boys, meanwhile, were still putting that little dab of brill cream in their hair and perfecting twists of the comb in front of the mirror to get just the right dip across their foreheads, and they were beginning to pick up on the surfer fashions of the gloriously harmonizing Beach Boys. I loved the Beach Boys. Um, those shirts with wide, very red, very pale red and white vertical stripes, you know, and uh, whenever they could get away with it, blue jeans. So everything about teenagers in that era, to my eyes, had a sort of sophistication. But they were, I think, truly more grown up than any generation of teens that I've seen since. They walked with a sort of adult bearing, but they would be carrying the accessories of still kids. Like Girls would hug their piles of 
notebooks and school textbooks tight to their chests, and boys would casually carry them at their sides, holding the books by their spines. And, of course, teenagers did often fall short of perfection in terms of their complexions, but for pimples, uh, I learned that there was clearasil and noxema and stridex pads. My brother always watched American Bandstand, and I would marvel at the ads for stridex, in which a teen who had just scrubbed his or her face, then gave it a once-over with a Stridex pad. And somehow that lily-white pad magically came away looking like it had been dragged behind a horse. It was so dirty. So um, American Bandstand was also the show that plugged Sert's breath mints. Host Dick Clark would tap the ends of two rolls together. There are two, two, two mints in one. And when I finally convinced my mother that I needed certs on the candy aisle of Ben Franklin, she would only buy me one roll, which utterly missed the point. How was I supposed to do that tapping trick with just one roll? But my dear brother snatched it away, and he snapped the roll in half. And he said, there, now you can tap two ends together. But that wasn't the same. Sometimes when, uh, when my brother was still at Kimball Junior High and I was still small enough to fit in my blue tailor tot stroller, Mom would push me from our home to the school's field just up the street where we'd watch the Mighty Tigers play football in their black and orange uniforms. I think Donna was uh, one of the cheerleaders. And I'd been told that I was going to go to school there someday too, but that just seemed an eternity away. Uh, sometimes it was just a football practice uh, with Coach Pete Kovacs ordering the boys around like a drill sergeant to smash into those practice dummies and hollering, Twinkle Toes! at them if they didn't do it hard enough. I thought that was the funniest word in the universe. But with, uh, with all the sparkle that I saw in Elgin and in life around me when I was so young, it did seem to me that teenagers were seeing a little less shimmer every day. They were becoming different, nearly all of them and their replacements too, as new teens came into the fold. It was something beyond my ability to understand then, not that it makes any more sense to me today. But suddenly when some boys graduated Larkin or Elgin High, I heard that they were having to go far, far away to fight in a war. And by then, uh, the watch factory had closed and had been demolished. And my dad said, and lots of people said, that Elgin would never be the same, and they were right. And lots of people said that the younger generation was changing and not in a good way, but I don't think they were right. Not on that one. I was just old enough then to see it from their perspective. Uh, why bother with the brill cream and the delicate comb maneuvers? Let your hair grow. They're just going to send you off to die in Vietnam. Or, or if it, being a long-haired freak might be the only thing that saves you from going. Um, why wear those clunky, uncomfortable saddle shoes? Why couldn't girls wear jeans every day and shorter skirts? Way shorter skirts. They were expected to be just another generation of wives and mommies, and never mind their talents and their dreams. So while you can have fun. Well, here in Elgin, there was one way that young people had fun downtown for a very long stretch of time. 
from the 50s through the mid-70s mid uh, when some ill-fated street closures erected and took what business remained downtown with it. Once a young man got wheels, he was bound to exercise them with something known sentimentally and quite affectionately as scoop the loop. Others called it ride the circuit or ram the square. And uh, just as in the early 70s movie classic American Graffiti about the early 60s, scooping the loop consisted of just driving around downtown Elgin in circles all night or until curfew if you had a girl, she might be at your side, and if you didn't, you hoped that you impressed one. And some guys scooped the loop in old beaters, and some in souped-up jalopies, and some in bona fide hot rods. And there's a story I hear occasionally about a certain person who shall go nameless who managed to get three moving violations in the same evening while scooping the loop and put himself out of commission for a long while. There are many stories of many glories of scooping the loop, but I decided a couple of years ago to write a song from the female point of view. So we close this installment of This Is My Elgin with Scoop the Loop, Ride the Circuit. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please give us a like and you can send comments to Eslyn Blazier. That's S-L-Y-N-N-B-L-A-Z-I-E-R at gmail.com. My thanks to One Source Productions for making this happen and to you for listening. Hello? Missy, it's Janie. How'd you date with Johnny go last night? Oh, it was dreamy. Tell me about it, tell me all about it. Well, what do you want to know? I'm going to take you. A star view double feature, both about swamp creatures. Yeah. And speaking of mutants that I hate, Ron and Tom were hiding in the trunk, but they went off with Stephen Bud once Johnny paid and got in the gate. You beeswax, Missy, but yeah, I let him kiss me and some touching, but I said no to bed. Why? Not at the Joel Motel, even if it's no tell, but we left the show for something better instead. We went downtown to ride around. at Golden Bear to fill his tank with Sinclair just to burn it up most every night. It's not so much who's fast as it is who's gonna last the longest under Elgin streetlights. Some Algonquin mop top with a souped up drop top wanted to drag down the National Street. Well, Johnny faked that he would race but faded off at DuPage and the fuzz nab the loser by the watch factory. Ha!
spring and grown in darkness with the summer moon above us. Scoop the loo. Scoop the loo. Well, it was getting kind of late, but gee, what a day. A few more spins around, then time to go. What a great night I had, but I promised Mom and Dad I'd be back 11.30. And so I got home before curfew, and yes, I kept my virtue, but I want to climb a mountain and sing. But Johnny's mine, all right. Guess what we're doing tonight? Yep, the very same thing. We're going downtown. Cruising spring and grove in darkness with the summer moon above the scoop the loop.